you can wander the golden shores for miles you can climb the highest mountains touch the skies or gaze on the far horizon red out back open your eyes to Australia hello and welcome to episode 3 of the podcast series Open Your Eyes to Australia. My name is Jim Lowe and I'm speaking to you from the foothills of the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, Australia. And it's in these very Blue Mountains that the events I'm going to relate in this episode took place. They concern one William Andrew Murphy. Late in his life, Mr Murphy came to live near Hat Hill, out from the Blue Mountain township of Blackheath. This would have been from around 1913 to 1926. Hat Hill, by the way, was so named because it looked rather like an old felt hat. Mr Murphy used to walk to Blackheath each day to buy necessities. This was a round trip of 16 kilometres. He built a small dwelling, and soon the local animals and birds began regular evening visits to scavenge food from him. It was not long before people heard about this. On Sundays, a local bus began driving people out to Hat Hill to watch quietly as Mr Murphy fed the wildlife. Unfortunately, a bushfire came through this area in either 1918 or 1919 and Mr Murphy's home was destroyed. After the fire had passed, Mr Murphy was found underneath a small waterfall at the back of his property. Local people helped the old man to rebuild his house and they also gave him a horse to ride. However, the shock he must have suffered during the fire meant that things at Hat Hill could never be the same. As a result, he later left the area, and that appeared to be the last that was heard of Mr Murphy. The information about Mr Murphy that I have so far related comes from the recollections of Jack and Ted Harris. In the early 1980s, they were asked to record some of their memories of the Blackheath area. William Murphy obviously created a lasting impression for the brothers. They clearly remember the old gentleman who, over 60 years ago, lived at the end of their road when they were children. Have a listen now to part of their oral history recording, courtesy of the Blue Mountains Library Oral History Collection. There was an old gentleman, an old Irishman, by the name of Murphy, who, with his own hands, had built himself a stone house, which the stones which he collected from the area, a very, very rocky area. He used the local uh, soil and mud mixed together for mortar, and he built what was quite a weatherproof and comfortable little cabin. Now, I don't really know how Mr Murphy um, took up residence there, because he was there when we arrived in... I first remember him 1913. He probably had uh, been sent out here to Australia 
because of the fact that maybe he had disgraced himself in his homeland. However, he uh, lived out there. He, he made his daily trip into Blackheath, which was a five-mile trip return to pick up his money and to buy his provisions. He was a great nature studier and he fed all the animals and birds in the area and of course they became more or less dependent on him for food and a most interesting man to talk to and one of the attractions uh, of a Sunday afternoon was for our tourist coach to take people, tourists, out to see Mr Murphy just about sundown, all congregate at his stone hut and then he'd bring out the food and whistle and call up the animals. And they would come, wallabies, possums, all sorts and sizes of birds. And uh, it was something which, uh, well, you could liken unto a miniature Taronga Park. Mr Murphy was burnt out in a bushfire, he was completely wiped out and uh, we up here on the top end of Black uh, Hattie Road thought for sure that Mr Murphy must be incinerated. That bushfire occurred somewhere around about 1918, 1919 and when the fire cooled off, I can remember quite plainly, a party of us set out to find what we thought would be his remains and what we found was his stone house still standing red hot, no roof, nothing at all left inside it, everything charred and Mr Murphy missing and in scouting around we found the old gentleman with only just barely clad standing underneath a little waterfall which was his shower, his own private ablution and he was alive and so, in July 1984, after listening to the Harris Brothers' recording, I wrote a song about Mr Murphy. Old Mr Murphy's a friend to all, especially the animals, large and small, especially the animals, large and small. Old Mr Murphy lives all alone, the bottom of a hill in a house of stone A house that he built from the things around The soil, the stone and the timber he found And each day to Blackheath he walks the track For his daily supplies and his heading back A smile or a greeting along the way How you keeping Mr Murphy and the odd good day Old Mr Murphy's a friend to all Especially the animals, large and small Especially the animals, large and small His blue eyes pierce the fading light He starts the fire and prepares for night Then knocks his old pipe on his dusty old heel And checks the billy and prods at his meal a whistle is heard, the silence ends. It's old Mr. Murphy calling his friends. In the evening shadows, the bush comes alive. The animals and birds begin to arrive. The 
is food for all creatures, the gang gang and quail, brown wallaby and possum and the willy wagtail. The old man smiles broadly, his teeth display as he stares at the sanctuary his kindness has made. For all Mr. Murphy's a friend to all, especially the animals, large and small, especially the animals, large and small. And on Sunday the tourist would come to his door, and the people would marvel at the things they saw. A kind old man with snowy hair, treating the animals with so much care. And then the bushfires came; his home was destroyed. He lost the place that he once enjoyed. He returned for a while, but it wasn't as before. He was taken away and heard of no more. For old Mr. Murphy's a friend to all, especially the animals, large and small. Especially the animals, large and small. Yes, old Mr. Murphy's. Friend to all, especially the animals, large and small. Especially the animals, large and small. But the story of Mr. Murphy doesn't end here. There are a few postscripts to add. Some years after writing the song, a photograph of Mr. Murphy and also one of his house were discovered. These photographs were taken in May 1926, confirming that he was still living at Hat Hill then. So, after the devastating fires, he apparently stayed for a few years longer than the Harris brothers' oral recording leads one to believe. If you like, you can see these old photographs on my website at jimlow.net. They are courtesy of the Blue Mountains Library Local History Collection. In 2004, I was shown a small cutting from a Blue Mountains newspaper entitled "Hat Hills Hermit Dead." It informs readers who may have known W. Murphy that he died last Wednesday night at the home of a Mrs. Drain in West Cogra, an eastern suburb of Sydney. Underneath is handwritten, "Died November 1927." On the strength of this information, I sent for William Murphy's death certificate. And this is what it revealed: He was 81 years old when he died on the 30th of November 1927. So that means he was born in 1846 and was therefore in his late 60s when he took up residence at Hat Hill. His occupation is stated as carpenter. He was not married, and he died at the West Cogra home of a friend, Mrs. Helen Drain. Reference is made to his former residence. It was late of Blackheath. He was buried on the second of December, nineteen twenty-seven, in the Roman Catholic section of Warrenora Cemetery. Only his father's name is listed, Peter Murphy, and his occupation was farmer. In the Harris brothers' recording, they describe Mr. Murphy as an old Irishman and suggest, from overhearing perhaps their parents, that he was sent out to Australia because he probably, as they put it, disgraced himself in his homeland. Well, the most surprising information of all came when I read on the death certificate his actual place of birth. 
It was not Ireland. It was in New South Wales at Maitland. So he was an Australian, not an Irishman. I visited the cemetery at Warrenora in August 2004. Thankfully, I was given the names of neighbouring graves at the administration office, for I soon discovered that Mr Murphy's grave is unmarked. I had hoped a gravestone might have provided more information, but the elation felt on realising that I was standing next to his final resting place soon surpassed any initial feelings of disappointment. As I stood under the shady trees... I wondered how many others had made this same pilgrimage to his grave during the past 75 years since his death. I think I may be one of a select few. Sections of the stone walls of Mr Murphy's abandoned home can still be found in the bushland at Hut Hill. I have visited these ruins a number of times. The view to the east extends as far as the Sydney skyline. It is a place made special for me by Mr Murphy's story a story of celebration and loss. His association with this place leaves many questions unanswered. I often wonder about the events of his life and what motivated him to live in such an isolated part of the Blue Mountains. There is such a large chunk of his life that remains a mystery. Perhaps in the future, as I keep singing my song, I will continue to discover more about him. So the search for Mr Murphy continues. And despite his unmarked gravesite at Warrenora, for me, the ruins of his Hat Hill home serve as his monument. During the time that I have been visiting the ruins, they're slowly being reclaimed by the surrounding bush. Nature is seeing to it that this place remains undisturbed and eventually returns to something like it was when Mr Murphy first arrived. Well, thank you again for taking the time to listen to this podcast about my search for Mr Murphy. I hope you found him as interesting a character as I have over all these years. From the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, Australia, until the next Open Your Eyes to Australia podcast, bye for now. For you can wander the golden shores for miles You can climb the highest mountains touch the skies Or gaze on the far horizon red out back Open your eyes to Australia Open your eyes to Australia Open your eyes to Australia